Warning, Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro-Tri News. We're here to give you a bird's eye view of what's going on in the professional triathlon racing field. Um, I'm joined by the usual suspects of Pat and Mark. Pat, he just got back from a wild, quick trip. I just want to tell you guys that just so the listeners at home understand our text thread, I woke up this morning and I had over 100 text messages on our pro try news uh group thread that had been going on so i think i mean how i mean over the weekend you know it's just like crazy how much uh we were all in communication uh you know on the about just all the races so i thought it was i thought it was really fun and and i'm i'm super pumped to talk about it Mark, I mean, most you had of some just, exciting news this weekend. I mean, most you? of it is just Kyle and Talbot bickering. And... Mo- <laughs> there, there was Kyle. Can you just give us like a deep explanation of a A race compared to a B race? <laughs> An that, A race that... is essentially Jan Frodeno, Lionel Sanders, the top five ranked athletes all being there. It's to my understanding. And then B level races is what we have right now between uh, basically from here on out until the PTO open races. Is this, who decided that? Talbot did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Lionel on that list of the, of those top few athletes? Uh, he's ranked in the top five of the PTO ranking. So I would good, assume so. Good. I thought it was all based around if Lionel's there, it's an A race. If Lionel's not, it's a B race. Look, no, no, no. To be fair though, Mark, uh, Talbot said, you know, that Lionel doing, uh, what race is he doing, Kyle? What's the race called in a couple of weeks? Montremblant. That, that is a B level race. Um, it's a B level race, but Eric Lagerstrom, who just won Escape from Alcatraz, is going to be there. Jackson Laundry, who had won 70.3 Oceanside, is going to be there. Uh, Cody Beals, who just won 70.3 Eagle Man this weekend, is going to be there. But it's a, it's a B level race. And I know we're going to go into Leeds first, but this conversation came around because Talbot or someone suggested that Des Moines was a B-level race. I, If we're going to be bothered to label them like that, which I'm not sure which much value there is unless it's to do with their points they score for the PTO, I agreed with Talbot for once, and Kyle thought it risked offending athletes, but I'm not sure that's the way that works. But that's why we ended up in this massive <laughs> rabbit hole of B and A level races. Uh, there's Chelsea of... just humors us with. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, we we've got you know. I have got... one thing left to say. The troubling <laughs> thing for me is when you're watching NFL on Sunday, they don't say, "Oh, here's the C level team, yeah, the they... Detroit Lions." No. But that's because you don't have degrees of professional sport in America. Every other place in the world has the Premier League, and then below that it has the First Division, and then below that, and there's like ten conferences below it. Whereas you have like professional sport, and then nothing. And then we say that we're world champions of NFL because no one <laughs> else can compete. But look, Kyle, I would argue though that the pundits who are in a similar situation to us and not on the Premier, the Premier like broadcast channels, they're saying these games don't matter. This team doesn't matter. They're saying a much more opinionated way how we are. 
Yeah. Agree, yeah. And you have uh, it in college football. So you true. don't you have the AFB and then what's it now? It used to be it used to be A one and now A and whatever. You, yeah, so you have it there. D one, D double A, D one double A, D two, Chico, all those, yeah. Anyway, go on. Leeds. Leeds. We have Chelsea joining us. Unfortunately, the uh, Wi-Fi in Portugal is not the best. So um, if the Portuguese government is listening, we would love for you to get better Wi-Fi. But Chelsea will be gone next week anyway. So, um, We also want to let you guys know that this week's episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a great way to get your biometrics measured. Mark, have you done it yet? I've ordered He's ordered it. It's a bit different over here, but yes, I've ordered. I've been on the website. I thought that I thought last week was our last week with Inside Tracker winner. I think we have eight weeks. Dude, we got I don't even time. know what no. week we're on no. right now, but how generous! We got more. We got more time with them. So be sure to go get your blood analysis done. It's super simple. You can go to a place. I went to a place two miles from my house. 4K for you, uh, people that don't use the metric system. Mark and I need to go. Mark and I need to go get the inner age test. Is what we need to do. We need to find out how you know how old we actually are. Uh, I mean, because the outer age test is not boding well. Kat took a photo of me earlier, and I, my my forehead looks makes Gordon Ramsay's look smooth. <laughs> so I'm hoping Inside Tracker will tell me my inner age is is gleaming. But given my diet and lifestyle, I'm I'm worried more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, did you have some news for us about the Commonwealth Games? Are you going to be a Oh, it's in the early stages. I got invited to go and be a team mechanic for uh, Team England at the uh, Commonwealth Games, which obviously I said yes to if that comes together. That'd be fun. Man. I think that someone saw me, they saw a photo of me wearing a mechanic's apron and just assumed I had the skills that were required. But um, I think I spend most of my time taking bottle cages off bikes, having watched the mixed relay today. I can't work out why they're racing around with two bottle cages on for a 6K bike leg. Is it that difficult to take off four bottle screws? I find it really bizarre. But anyway, no, I, I would really like to do it. If it comes through, then yeah, I'll be in, I'll be in Birmingham doing uh, mechanics for Team England, which will be fun. Will you be there during the triathlon as well? Or will you no, only be it's there? For the, it's for the triathlon. So oh, wow. The, yeah, so it's for the, the, the rep days and it's for... Teaming when the triathlon, the mixed relay, and the um, uh, para sport. So, dang, awesome! Making it to the big leagues. <laughs> Let's dive into WTS Lees because there's a lot to unpack. Um, the men's race, we saw Hayden Wild take the victory. Second place was Leah Berger, and third place, Last Learns from Germany. The women's race, first place was Cassandra Bogrand. Second place, Georgia Taylor Brown, and third place, Sophie Caldwell. The biggest drama from this race, we didn't know it at the time, but Hayden Wild allegedly had caused a crash between his fellow sportsmen and then Alexi and Johnny Brownlee. Um, I mean, look, we, we don't, here's the thing. We don't know what happened. So when we're going to talk about this now, we are purely speculating. Is that, is that fair, Mark? Completely fair. I, I think it's, it's easy to say that, you know, it's, it's understandable that if there was a slight, you know, rise uphill and, you know, stands up, could have been somebody close, followed a wheel, you know, or, you know, we, we presume it's not something where he, you know, chopped and moved four bike lengths erratically from right to left and like overlapped a wheel, right? Um, these, these things happen. 
Yeah, they do. I think there's a couple like they they happen less in cycling. So when they sorry in, in triathlon. So when they do happen, we focus on them heavily. If this is cycling, it happens in almost every race, and it's just written off as an accident or unfortunate or whatever it might be. But Johnny Brownie did seem to insinuate on his post that it's the same few people causing the racing to become more dangerous. And given we know that the crash was caused by Hayden, he sort of admitted that himself. It appears that Johnny Brownie is insinuating that Hayden Wiles is repeatedly dangerous on the bike. And it does sound like he Hayden Wallace is becoming somewhat slightly unpopular amongst the field, whether that's for crashing or whatever, or because he's winning races or because of his behaviour or whatever. And this is just rumour and not certainly not reflective of our thoughts on Hayden. But Johnny did seem to insinuate that the racing was becoming more dangerous because of the same few people. And to me, that implied that Hayden maybe has a slight rep for this. But, yeah. you know, it's a one-off incident at the moment. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll I guess we'll keep a watchful eye on that and see if this becomes a, if this becomes a pattern. But it sounds like maybe internally there's whispers going on that that this is an issue. Yeah. And then the other bit was um, my favorite my favorite comment we had on Pro Tri News uh, Instagram page was about the um, Vincent Louis. Uh, well, of course. Sorry. Before we finish on that incident, Johnny Brownie has a broken elbow because of this. So he posted that on his um, on his Instagram feed, which actually, as Kat was saying, as a physiotherapist, is, is quite bad because yeah. it can really it cannot come back the same if unless you're very careful and it's often it requires surgery and often it's a very tricky area. So let's really hope it's a simple elbow break and it's it's yeah. a quick recovery because that's not fun and especially with the Commonwealth Games coming up, he's I would I would think Johnny might be out of the Commonwealth Games would be my guess on that, but we'll see. Um, but then Vincent Louis as well. So this was a closed course in Leeds, and uh, Vincent Louis still managed to find a way to collide with a with an object, and he went <laughs> screaming through T two, thinking he was um, a lap to go and crashed. But someone pointed out to me the reason I think the reason he went straight through is he was on the back of that motorbike. If you watch that back, he's right on the back of a motorbike coming down the hill. And the motorbike comes to a stop and he doesn't see the fence because he's behind the motorbike. That was my take on it. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, so we're, is there a scenario? And, you know, I think kind of what, again, we've got an inside line to what's going on, but it's clearly, it's clear between the running and the riding, the orientation of this course with the speed that they're coming down that hill, they're going so fast on the bike. And then we saw problems with Martin Van Riel on the run. Are they going to second guess the orientation of this course just because you're coming through the start finish so fast? And that probably poses a risk, right? Like traveling through transition is kind of dangerous in the sense that you're on carpet. There's all of the the, the bike racks themselves, which you would never want to hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And do they maybe have to rethink about the layout of this course and go, okay, maybe from a safety standpoint and like a, you know, an information gathering, like, okay, that, that we could have honed that in a little bit better for next time. I mean, it is, it is interesting. Um, We're getting from Chelsea that Chelsea thinks uh, Vincent is one of the most calculated and meticulous people on the circuit. Um, So it seems unlikely to her that it was in a lack of prep, i.e. a lack of course recce, et cetera. So it leads you to believe that it couldn't have been entirely clear 
Um, but and with the course being congested, you're probably right, Pat. They were screaming down there, and there were a lot of penalties given out this weekend. There were two or three in the mixed relay today, and there were lots in both the races. My biggest, the thing I found funniest about the Vince or Louis one is he basically crashes into a barrier, misses his thing, turns around, has to run back, and then they still give him a 10 second penalty for missing the dismount. See, and <laughs> I, I don't know what the rules say, but I thought that he should be disqualified for going the wrong direction on course. Oh wow! I I mean wow. I will, I don't ever think that you can. I think that you always have to maintain the direction of the course. Imagine if somebody went the opposite way of the swim, and so I just I just think that for the amount that he went backwards, um, you know, I, I I don't know. And obviously, this is a case where people miss their bikes racking transition. So I just thought that since he left, he he technically he left transition in my opinion. And then no, oh, and then because yeah. that that would be the difference between just missing your bike rack and then running right. around backwards, right? Yeah, that would have been an incredibly harsh call. Can I be a conspiracy there, theorist? Can I be a conspiracy oh, theorist? Oh, no, we always love you to be. Go on. Yeah. What if he missed it on purpose and he thought that he would just save more time by blowing what, riding into a barrier? No, going through the dismount line and then getting off the bike and saying, "Oh, we already have a thirty second gap. If I have a ten second penalty, I think I can run twenty seconds faster than these guys." I, I just no way, Kyle. It's brilliant. I mean, if if someone did do that, I guess actually ten seconds on a course like that, scream down, miss it complete. Ten seconds actually. Why don't people just ride right up to their racks? If it's only ten seconds, some of those are quite long transitions. Like anyway, we're we're, we're transgressing. Vince, Vince, we know that you wanted to come on the podcast after we ripped you for uh, the Tesla incident at seventy point three. Indian Wells. So if you want to come on and tell us what happened, we're more than welcome. Oh, I, 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 I think it's a very, I mean, it's very simple, right? They're, they're flying through transition completely you hear the bell with one to go. Yeah. He's coming through. He didn't realize that Leo Berger had, you know, un, undone his shoes. And so he's just like, you can imagine the final K yeah. where he's coming in. Leo Berger is not challenging him for the lead. He's just down like, shredding the yeah. bike lap and he's like well i'm just going good right now nobody challenges him and then he goes through he gets confused with the motorcycle and then obviously it all it all you know comes on really quickly yeah completely agree and by, by the sounds of it where they were holding the lap board out was about 60k an hour straight and no one could see the sign anyway yeah. so of course but you can't hear a bell on a bell lap uh with a crowd like that maybe not mm. yeah maybe i mean it's not. possible i mean let's move on let's move on to the women's race um, so Cassandra Bogrand also had a penalty, uh, the French woman, she had a 10 second penalty. I don't remember what it was for. I think it was probably equipment in the box in transition for her wetsuit. Uh, maybe Chelsea can confirm that, but she had, she was running essentially through the field with Georgia Taylor Brown and then dropped Georgia Taylor Brown, had to serve her 10 second penalty and then still won the race. So she um, mounted. She mounted before the dismount line. I mean, incredibly good to take a ten-second penalty and outrun Georgia. It sounds like Georgia wasn't too happy with her race, but you know she still outrun everyone else. And we know Cassandra Bogrant's a wicked, stylish runner. Um, she looked super dominant and when she decided to go. Bearing in mind it's only a sprint, and she does seem to be a little bit better at sprints yeah. than full, from what I've seen. Um, but a very impressive result. I felt a little bit sorry. Um, for uh Sophie Caldwell because she really I don't know she took the race out um 
but got reeled down and uh, had to second for third place, which wasn't an easy taken third either, was it? Um, what about Flora? So Flora got dropped, but you know, two weeks after COVID, what do we expect, really? I, I mean, look, I was super beat up personally after having COVID, so I think uh, you know, no. So, these are the these are these types of things are are proving to be the symptoms that a lot of athletes are showing right that it's there is some sort of um delay in your return to top fitness and was that you know was that part of it i i mean i'm still i think we're all just kind of shocked that she got rolled from that group um quote, if quote, you were on such great form would you have ridden sorry if you weren't on such good form would you have ridden as aggressively on the bike as she did like, I think that's the only way she knows. That's how. the only issue. I, yeah, I, I think, would, I I think that, that those those moments are just, um, yeah. I, I don't I think, know. I think she, her goal was to drop Cassandra and Beth Potter and the the likes of the better runners in the field because she, Beth Potter she was, was a, teed up to have a great result there where she got off the bike and uh, she sort of she sort of crumbled, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea's texting and saying respect because uh, Beth Potter was able to come away with a top five. So her very first top five of the. And it was the youngest top five ever, wasn't it as well? Yeah. Yeah. On the men's side, the men's side's top five youngest ever. <laughs> right. Anyway, moving on. Um... Uh, well, let's go on to the relay real quick. Oh, yeah, or, no, 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 no. The women's race. There's something else that we kind of need to talk about. Go on. Have you guys ever heard of ambush marketing? Look, uh, this I was going to save this for hot takes, Kyle. Um, you know, I I think it's really cool that the that the World Triathlon is not enforcing their ambush marketing policy anymore. Um, I'm not, you know, in love with the sponsors that were being displayed yesterday uh, on the on Georgia Taylor Brown's hat. However, um, you know, I thought it's just really cool that that the that World Triathlon is allowing. Uh, athletes to to give love and, and to show their sponsors uh, in, a, in a larger way. So they used to be, World Triathlon used to be incredibly strict about uh, the size of the logos on your hat for some reason. They can be massive on the suit, but on your hat, they need to be very small. Um, and so this this seems to be uh, some progress that they're making on, on getting rid of the, uh, on getting rid of those rules. And have you checked they've got rid of those rules or are they just not being enforced? I'm trusting that they're just not being enforced. And if and if they're not, we're hoping they hear this and enforce them. Is that... <laughs> um, no, I, I, I want them to get rid of those rules. I think. Yeah, it's, I agree. It it's a chance for brands and athletes to make money. Look, we've, we've, we're displaying this on, you can have a logo that's the size of your entire chest. So yeah. why are we enforcing the size of the one that's on your hat? That doesn't make any sense to me. The logos on the bike are humongous. So... Why are, why are we trying to make an issue out of this? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it's a way for athletes to earn money, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. it's another revenue. Same for their headspace. Yep, yep. Which is a valuable spot for an athlete in any other sport. I must clarify. Uh, Chelsea did not get a hat, give a hats off award to Beth Potter because she could not <laughs> outspread Taylor Spivey. Oh, that's the first time we heard Chelsea. We heard Chelsea laugh a little bit. We heard a Chelsea laugh there. <laughs> Chelsea's texting in and her internet's terrible, so now she's laughing in silent um, background. Anyway, right, moving on before we get Chelsea in trouble to the mixed relay, which was today, was exciting, annoying at times for me, um, but 
it was an exciting race. First place, Germany. They looked solid. They stayed near the front the whole time. Amazingly for me, GB took second with both their male athletes dropping out the day before from a crash. So their second team in. And France sort of scrabbled their way back to third. Um, the bits that were interesting for me were um, I didn't like the uh, way Belgium copped a penalty and you can take it at the end. Did you guys notice this? So yeah. Belgium got a 10 second penalty and you can take, you can choose when to take the penalty through the race. Now that's the rules. So them choosing to take it late is good. It's gamesmanship is what they should do. But the problem was Belgium ended up in a two off off the front with Germany, even though Belgium know they have a 10 second penalty set. So if they have to serve that penalty straight away, Germany yeah. are then off the front riding on their own, and it directly changes the results of the race possibly. So you, so you would purposely, um, the gamesmanship would be to take, to take the time, grab the time early via the way of a penalty, and then assume you're going to have a buffer to serve it later. Yeah, exactly that. So if exactly. you know, if you're in jeopardy potentially of, making a front group on the bike, right? Because this is when the separations really happen. You, you just jump on your bike in halfway down T2, yep. gun it through T2, yeah. take 10 seconds, but you make the bike group. Whereas if you have to serve that penalty the very next time you come through the penalty box, yeah, you, yeah. You, it's different. It's so, is there a, so, so the rules, now this, this is actually really interesting. The rules probably should state... So it, the athlete have, that incurs the penalty has to take the penalty, and they have and, a penalty and, and box be, right so, the, but, but in this case, if you if you did it in the way of taking your bike situation that we just talked about, where transition is long, yeah, and you just get on your bike right away and you sprint up to the group, it should be that the minute you get off your bike, you don't get to put your shoes on. You have to serve the penalty at T one and then put your shoes on, so you don't get to advance to the next discipline. I guess it's. I guess to keep it simple, it would be the next available penalty box, and they have one. I, I understand. Uh, yeah, I understand. One. But yeah. but there's a world. But the problem with that is, Mark, there's a world where that doesn't come until almost the finish well, of it, the first kilometer. Well, yeah, but it does, of course, because all these courses are laps on the bike, and yeah. you can have a stop and go penalty on the bike, sure, which sure. Make, means you lose the group that you chose yeah, to get okay. part. Yes, anyway, yes, this yes, is this yes. is this is like this is only because GB were chasing those two teams in Belgium. And GB know, probably would have won if Germany didn't have a but quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But so probably. do we do we think that that was a conscious choice that was made? No, 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 no. The penalty was an accident. Okay. It just what was conscious was they chose to take it as late as possible, which was the right decision. Belgium did nothing wrong. I'm oh, suggesting yeah. the rules should force them to take it early. But and just very... so just so everyone's aware, a little context: Germany was the only team that raced their A team in the relay because they're not sending a team to Montreal for the relay. So they needed the points today for future Olympic points in two two years time, technically. And UK were basically going to, weren't they? Because they had Georgia Taylor Brown, Yee, um, Brownlee, which is three of theirs, and Sophie Coldwell, who's mighty mighty close. And they and just Liam Moss injured, so GB were going to, but they didn't because of the crash. But yeah. yes, Germany definitely raised their own team over everyone else. I mean, Germany also scheduled their national championship the same day as Montreal, for whatever sense that makes. Huh, interesting. Can I get on a soapbox real quick to talk about USA Triathlon? Oh, they had a great relay. I mean, really solid performance. Like nice first leg. Is that what you, is that what you're going, Kyle? <laughs> 
I mean, I don't know what the freak's going on in Colorado Springs right now, <laughs> but it does not it's not bode well for USA Triathlon right now. Well, but Kyle, we probably need to recognize that the team that got second place at the Olympics, the US team that got second place at the Olympics, it's my understanding if I did the quick math, what did was Kevin McDowell on this weekend's relay team? No. So there's he did not finish. It was technically a punishment for the athletes that didn't finish the race. Only two U.S. men finished the race, and it was Seth Ryder and Matt McElroy. The rest of the U.S. men's field did not finish the race, so they did not earn their chance to race in the relay. Uh, Look, here's – I think what assessment needs to be done, and I don't necessarily know how I feel about – saying, okay, you need to perform on Saturday to earn your spot on Sunday. There probably needs to be much clearer ground rules. If I was in charge of this relay team and I understood the importance of earning medals at the Olympics, I would probably think about and go, especially on the men's side, who are the men that we can purposely sit on Saturday to be fresh to win on Sunday? Because Seth Ryder and Chase McQueen. I'm not I'm not necessarily going to sit here and and pontificate about names and think about who would be on that roster. I would just be going from an assessment from from USAT standpoint and go, "Okay, how do we improve on our silver medal that was earned in Tokyo?" And then I would be strategic around planning on how we're going to try and access those medals and those performances in, in these test races like this. And is this, is this a trial and error phase then? Um, it sounds like the, in my, it, it's, this is probably, you can chalk this up to trial and error. The problem is it's, it's high consequence because you only get three relays a year. It sounds mm-hmm. like this, Hey, you didn't finish uh, on Saturday, so you can't race on Sunday. Uh, I would, that's not the way that I would have done it. I would have said like, look, if you want to go to Leeds and be super hyper fresh for this relay, um, what I was thinking about yesterday was on this relay is, you know, will we start to see teams assemble again and go back to a place like Colorado Springs and actually try and practice and rehearse um, and mimic the demand. And rehearsing? They do, they do four small triathlons in a row. I think I what you have no, 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 no. Mark, fair, fair question. I think, but I think what you have to do probably is look at the pool of athletes, and then they race each other, and then they have to try and rehearse this somehow. So Chelsea's in the WhatsApp group screwing at the moment because she she can hear us as we record this, but she can't contribute, and she she just wanted to <laughs> say that it um it definitely is trial and error. She's she's pretty confident that it is trial and error, and we basically don't know what we're talking about. But Pat is close to the ball, um, I think, in terms of there isn't a lot of opportunity to try an error, so it is quite risky. And- Especially when everyone else is not putting in their A-team. Freaking put in the A-team and get some good points and get the frick out of here. <laughs> America. Um, so annoying. I, I, yeah, and sorry, I think to Chelsea's point, because she's arguing here that the stakes are low. I'm saying that the stakes are high in the sense that if you're an athlete that comes into a relay and swings and misses, yeah. you probably will not get asked to do another relay. <laughs> yes, agree. And so I think the problem is if you're an athlete that's racing on Saturday and you go, okay, I'm running now in 24th place. I'm going to pull the plug to try and freshen up for tomorrow. 
I think you probably just shouldn't have raced. You'd be better off just not racing on Saturday. Yeah, true. But Chelsea's or saying you- she'd love to see Matt Matt get another chance to do a real game. Um, so hopefully that doesn't come to fruition. Um, <laughs> I think I think I love Matt. Matt, I love you to death. I know you listen every week, but it's tough to continue to to put the hand up for you to pick up pick you for a relay. I don't have enough. I actually don't have enough evidence to support uh, that statement, Kyle, in the sense that, like, I I don't have a good enough landscape of who were all the men that put their hand up that said, I want to do this race. And then here's how I've been preparing to be ready for this race. Yeah, I guess I guess, Mark, to my point was instead of bringing everybody to a training center together, it's will there be an athlete that goes, I'm going to hyper specialize in this 25 minute event? Yeah. Yeah, but you have to have a strong swimmer go first. Unfortunately, Matt McElroy is not the strong swimmer that you need going first in a relay. Okay. <sighs> yeah, right, because, I we done. I think we might. Yeah, have, yeah, sorry, I think sorry, I beat this dead horse. So yeah, come on. say triathlon. Get it together. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Ironman Cairns was this weekend. Um, so this is the Australian champs, and we had a first place for Sarah Crowley, a second place for Radka, Radka Karlfeldt, and a third place for Kylie Simpson. Pretty much what we predicted, I think. Um, in the men's race, Max Newman took the win, uh, with Braden Curie in second and Sam Appleton in third. Um, Max Newman seems to be very, very good in Australia. He's won mm-hmm. this race three times in a row now, and this time against a really, very good field with, yeah. as we know, a really, very good Braden Curie. Um, so, like fair play to Max Newman, he he was there or thereabouts all day, and he um, survived on the run. He he actually mm-hmm. was a minute and fifteen down with thirty k to go uh, against Braden Curry. Now that takes some serious doing. He took about two and a half minutes out of him total. Um, he lost a bit during the middle and came back strong. So great race from Max Newman. Um, the and women's Mark, race. I want to just dig into Max Newman for a second. Would you, what would you attribute his success at this race to? And then I would say, I'm going to make a generalization here, but when he does Ironmans elsewhere abroad, I think he struggles with the consistency that he's had at Ironman cans where he can, he can win the race three years in a row. Is that just obviously Max Newman is, is incredibly young and he somehow is just finding an extra, you know, some internal hype for this for his home country race or what what's your assessment there uh, so obviously max is a bmc athlete the same as cat um he's i don't know max compared to the others at all um he's quite studious i think he's quite sensible um i'm not sure about i know he came over here last summer a bit and we expected him to race and then he was injured um so he didn't race and then he had a poor um st george he just really didn't show up even on the swim which he's a very, very accomplished swimmer. Maybe it's the conditions, maybe it's home life. I mean, in all sports, you get people that are great away game players and home game players, yeah. and maybe he's just a home game player and he'll grow into it. But I haven't really got an assessment. What I would say is the way he won this was really quite a mature win. You know, he came off the bike a minute down on Braden Curry. He lost more time, and um, he then reeled it back in again. It was like a solid, steady run. So, yeah, I don't know why he doesn't seem to race well abroad, but he probably will be. Um, the, on to the women's the women's race. I think Sarah Crowley is done at the top of the game. I don't think we'll see Sarah Crowley back for a podium in a World Champs again. That's my. We've had a couple of races like this now. You know, this is a one 
twelve nineteen sorry three twelve run. Um, often yeah. you know it's only just under nine hours on a pretty fast race. Uh, I, I hate to say it, I'm, I don't think we'll see Sarah Crowley back at the top. Yeah. That's some, I mean she won this. You know it's a big uh, race. She won it. I'm not I'm not saying she's not no. a good athlete still, but probably a top ten no, in Kona. I'm, top ten. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yep, there's just a big separation, right, from winning um, a race like Ironman Australia with that level of the field and then going to, you know, what we're going to call a, an A race or a, a tier one race with with a stacked field. So, yeah, I think that there's there's clearly some separation. So not not to take away from that win, congrats on the win, but I think the the competitors globally have, have really stepped up. And and clearly she's battling to come back to where she was, and there's probably a bit of diversion either way away from that middle ground, you know, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Someone I also want to give a big shout out to is Sam Appleton. Everyone says that he blows up on the runs on all these race courses, and he paced the Ironman perfect on the run. Did Figured he? out how to get third, didn't blow up, ran the same pace the entire time. Got third, got the Kona slot. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he did well and he did pace it, but that Sam Apple will not be, that's not, he's not a two, he's not aiming to run a 254. No, you know, but like he is he, in he, that lead pack in Kona. That yeah, lead pack just not, grew in Kona to 10. I, I agree, by the way, and I, I think he's better than that is what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm glad to see him get to Kona. I think that Sam Appleton will want to run a 245 minimum. But you're right. He didn't. He didn't try and hang with them from the start. Die, crumble, fail. He he clearly measured where he was at. Maybe his energy was low, whatever, and he paced it to get that. So yeah, and Sam Upton, you're right. It's another front pack swimmer. Like this group is massive at the front of the racing corner because of Sam Upton joining that bunch. Yeah, it's going to be insane this year. Yeah, and that's that's good. You know, that's it's it's good for some. If you miss it, it's difficult. Um, so big shout outs to our Kona qualifiers from Ironman Cans, Radka, Penny Slater, and Kate Delacroix. For the men, Max Newman, Sam Appleton, and Henrik Goch. Cool. Congrats, guys. Hey, sorry, so Kate Bev Beviliqua. Beviliqua. Yeah. Yep. Qualified for Kona. Yep. Wow. Decent. I bet she wasn't expecting that when she tipped up in the morning. Hey, good for her. Yeah. But it's amazing how big that Kona field, because there's three three or four got it in Des Moines today as well. So yeah. It's going to be quite interesting to see how the Kona field shakes out. I just think, like, it's, one, it's now, like, if you're good enough to contend Kona, you only have to race once and you qualify. There's not the luck that there was with the points. Mm-hmm. There is there is luck if you're in that bottom 20% of the field, that picking the right race and getting that bottom slot. But if you're in the top, you race once, you get it, you're done, and you focus on Kona. And I quite like that in a way. And you do it at the beginning of the year, so now you're not in here with all the people cherry-picking. Yeah, exactly that. Okay. Anywho, back well, to cherry-pickers. <laughs> we have Ironman Des Moines this weekend. Um, nothing too exciting. Matt Hansen went with the boys on the bike was able to hang on for the victory despite fading the closing, I would say 10 K um, second place. Andre Lope, Andre, Andre Lopez. Sorry. That's You're not even now. a difficult one. 
That's not even tough. I don't and know. I think, as we butcher everyone else's names, we should be calling this Iron Man Des Moines. Des Moines. Yeah, we'll call it that just because we butcher everyone else's names. We may as well butcher our own while we're at it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then Tim O'Donnell heard, sorry. Yeah. Also happy. Yeah, massive. Hey, um, massive congrats to Tim O'Donnell on on this, this performance today. So he's had a. Uh, you know, he's had a rough go of it since his second place in Kona in 2019 um, and was, you know, given had a had a life changing event with that heart attack at uh, Challenge Miami. And so to to come back from this and persevere, uh, he's a uh, father of two young children. And and that was a that was a performance that I looked at this morning and, and I was I was over the moon for Tim. Um, I see him around town here uh, quite often, but but I just I just thought it was really really cool and and not something that you know a lot of people could come back from so yeah i mean incredible and, and heart difficulties are a scary for anyone that's ever had yeah. any sort of concern over it let alone a major incident like he had it's incredible yeah and um, the interesting thing performance wise about this race it wasn't matt hansen off the bike in the league group in chattanooga a couple of weeks ago yeah. and he rode up to the yeah. front here and then dropped everyone here. Yeah, it was hard to learn how to ride a bike. I think I think so. And what what I want to take away was that last night on the I was on a plane forever yesterday. Um, I watched all of the uh, the Ironman YouTube videos in the lead up to this race. Uh, Matt Hansen looks really good on a bike right now. Well, he works with Matt Bottrell, who yeah. is the guy that did all the pacing and performance behind Christian's no, team at Sub Eight, and yeah, he works he with. Just- Looks super great in the wind. His position looks really dialed, and and clearly he's clearly he's been making some progress. Would you agree, Mark? I mean, he got beat on the bike by Taylor Nib at the Collins Cup last year when she was on a road bike. <laughs> so to now be riding up to the likes of Jesper Spence and Tim O'Donnell and riding over the top of them, I would say, yeah, he's made some serious improvement, mate. Yeah, yeah. and he looks yeah. good on the bike. You 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 are right. I don't like his bike, the Quintana Roo, but. That's just yeah, aesthetics, no. and we all pick and choose. Bikes. But I mean, but even even like yesterday, I just was looking in that video. Like he's even, I mean, whatever he's using on the front end of it looks super clean, super arrow. Um, there's there's just like it's it's clear that he's been doing his homework and and been making a ton of progress. Yeah, so I think what he uses, I'm just going to bring up a photo, but I think the um, the Quintana Roo, I think he uses the profile design bottle on the front. Um, which is sort of integrates around the stem. So I'm guessing he uses the profile design stem as well for it to mount onto. Looks like he does. And then they are drag to zero. They're the new drag to zero arm cups he's got on there um, okay. under a drag to zero, what looks like a 20 degree wedge. So if you want to go and buy Matt Hansen's replica bike, it's uh, the Quintana Roo parts profile design bottle. You can mount that bottle to other stems with some dodgy screws. I've done it in the past, but that's a profile design stem. The downside is it's proper heavy. So maybe yeah. not for course, And they are the new Drag to Zero um, arm cups you've got on there. Huh. Yeah, cool. it's, it's dialed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Unreal. Okay. Women's race. This Sky. was the Sky Maunch show. Like, it was never oh, in doubt. Minute. It was always going to be Sky Maunch. But as soon yeah. as she got onto the bike, it was just like, bye-bye, see you later. Can I toot my own horn here for a second? Go on, Pat. So what did I say last week about Des Moines? You would in go home. here... You would go here to mimic the demands of Kona. Oh, uh, yeah. In Sky yeah, yeah. Monster's interview for in her with the Iron Man series, 
verbatim, she said, I'm coming here because I've never raced in the humidity and this is going to be just like Kona. No, she listens to the podcast. <laughs> she heard you say it and she didn't want to say I'm cherry picking an easy win. Uh, I'm here for... No, you're probably right. Sky's a bright, bright, bright lady as well. It's a good spot. Yeah, it's a good spot, Pat. I take it back. And I had we had an Indy Lee over for dinner who lived just down the road from there for a while when she was in the States. And she said exactly that. Really hot, really humid. So, yeah. yeah. And but, but honestly, once Sky got onto the bike, it was just like she was with Leslie Smith um, at the time. And it's just see you later. She, she just completely destroyed her. Um, so, uh, like, impressive from Sky to finish out the rest of the women's podium. Um, they were who was in second? Help me out, guys. I've just Jen lost Annette, my second place and third place. Kelly Phil now, wow, yeah, good from Kelly Phil now. She held off Susie Cheatham, who was running as well behind her. But there's three qualification slots, so uh, Jeanette, Kelly, and Susie will take them. And I think Lindsay Corbin, if she hasn't already got it, um, nope, she got it today. There yep. you go, it goes deep, doesn't it? Are these regional champs. Crazy, and then the men's race, Andre Tio and Luciano Tacone. Interesting. It, and he's the Argentinian athlete, isn't he? Luciano Tacone. Yeah, Luciano. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So these these races really do hand out slots quite deep. But, I mean, that's why you turn up to original champs and you risk facing a big field. Um, And I'm sorry, Kyle, how old is Andres Lopez? Um, Man, you're, t- you're quizzing me today. But but fairly young for an Ironman athlete, we believe. Is that correct? Um, I have less than zero idea, Pat. Okay, sorry. No he just, he's twenty. He's, he's thirty this year. Okay, he he seems to be like he's making um a lot of progress and and seems to be a name that we'll keep mentioning. Um, and it's it's been interesting in uh, just to watch him. And that was somebody. You know, I saw today that with the progress that he made, I thought, oh, that, you know, that's another uh, really solid race that he bagged. So uh, even though we, you know, we kind of knock on the quality of field today, there's a level of consistency that he's still been able to achieve. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Completely fair. And this is his first, uh, first Ironman podium. So he's got two 70.3 podiums, and then this is okay. his first Ironman podium. So okay, hats off for him for sure. Definitely yep. the performance of the weekend. Okay, and then f- favorite of me and Kyle, Trevor Foley, had a tough day. Oh, he had to DNF, unfortunately. Sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. Yeah, so we're Kyle and I are licking our wounds on that because we had high hopes for the big fella. <laughs> I'm expecting a phone call here in the next couple he'll hours. Be, he'll be all right. He'll be just yeah. fine. It's, just, stick, it's, just get back yeah. in that pool and keep swimming, bro. I mean, I got to do. No, and it's obviously so young, so you just, you just got to keep your head down. 22 so, years old. I mean, that is seriously young to be playing that yeah. game. Yeah. 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 I think it's hard to find consistency at that age. Yeah. I think you I think you grow into consistency especially over yeah. longer distances. Yeah. You just become resilient to the endurance, your body does become more efficient yeah. dealing with glycogen. So yeah, fair play. And and Trevor Foley is calling <laughs> as we speak. So we better we better move on. No, it's on, on target. Let me change real quick. Hey, we're recording. I'll call you back. Oh, my bad. Bye. Oh, my bad. Bye. <laughs> um, right, so the race is next weekend. We have 70.3 Switzerland, 70.3 Luxembourg. In Switzerland, it's a male-only pro field. And we have the return of Patrick Langer. Um, it be interesting to see him come back. He's he's had a, a steady, gradual build back. He doesn't look like he tried to rush back from a collarbone injury. But we know he's not um, a 70.3 athlete, thoroughbred. Um, so don't, you know, don't think this is an easy win for Patrick Langer at all, um, especially as you have... 
Nicholas Marner there, James Teagle, Erwin Jacoby, um, Cam- Cameron McNair's there as well. Uh, there's there's quite a few good athletes on this. So these days, there is no such thing as an easy 70.3 win, especially in Europe, especially on the continent there. These these races go 10 deep with good, good athletes all running 112s. So that'll be still a hard-fought win for him if he manages to pull it off. Um, and then Warsaw. Um, and good tune-up for him for uh, Challenge Roth. Y- yeah, Probably. I mean, how long out is Roth now? Uh, how far out? Yeah, it'll be three weeks from next week. Yeah, I mean that's sort of perfect, isn't it? That's when you put a seventy point three in and you two weeks. To, you you two finish weeks. off. Yeah, two. Okay, yeah. so by two weeks time from from next weekend. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So you enter a basically enter a train taper zone after that. But he's now got to face obviously the big dog Jan Frodeno at Roth. So I imagine he's even more hyped for that chance. Um, I'm Anne Luxemburg. I saw here you've put so Lydia, Lydia Dant has bib number two, and obviously we know Lydia Dant won won um, Lanzarote. You put Emma Pallant versus Lydia Dant at this time in her career. That is, there is no contest. Emma Pallant is going to take that handily, comfortably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Justin Mayhew would 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 fancy her chances against Lydia Dant as well over a seventy point three. And probably Catherine Kruger, a few others. Don't get me wrong, she's a good athlete, but Anna Pallant is top of her game in 70.3s, isn't she? She's a real... I mean, how many is that woman one? I don't know. An awful lot of 70.3s. So, to me, it's uh, Luxembourg's Emma Pallant show. What do you guys think uh, of... Uh, did you guys see Did you guys see Jan Ferdinand's post this morning about Sam Long? I thought it was brilliant. What did he say? I didn't see it. You didn't see it? I sent it in our group chat. Sorry, did you not like it, Carl? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. He, he basically well, he posted a picture of him on the phone like this, right? And the caption yeah. is, at Sam Long left a voice message. Something about get, being excited to see me at Roth. I couldn't catch a rest. It sounded like he was struggling underwater. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, And I saw, if you look on that, there's a couple of Americans like, poor joke at best, you know, like... Oh come on! If you give it, you've got to take it. Um, yeah, that's right. it's nice to that's see right. some banter. Um, my favorite, you know, my favorite was the comment that says, "Not gonna lie, mate, this was a very average joke." And he commented to that person and said, "But it wasn't a joke." <laughs> People forget Jan's Jan's got to be the least German German out there. You know, I think when is it going to be too early to start talking about Roth or, or uh, challenge Roth? Are we? Are you we going to talk go- about it? I mean, I, I'm a little surprised, you know, I mean, I, that race, it's been a few years, I think, since they've had just like a beefed up field that, that got me, you know, excited. They, they must have, they must have stumped out some cash here. Yeah, they yeah, had oh, to for sure. No, I mean, it was, I mean, clearly they did. Um, but I, Four, five, you know, this six, was seven, in one of our, this was in one of nine. our, we haven't mentioned this in our early season race previews, right? We were talking about the two world championships, the PTO opens and, and this, uh, this Get race this. Is there's be right nine there. nine Kona qualified men and nine Kona qualified women doing this race at Challenge yeah. Roth at Roth. Yeah, it's a, it's also a bucket list race for pros. So you have to pay to get Jan there, Patrick there. You have to pay to get um, Annie Haug there. But there are other pros that that it is still a bucket list race. Sam Long, yeah. I'm you know he's probably getting an invitation, a check, sure. But I imagine he would do it for for not a lot to get the chance to race on a circuit like that still. 
It is. It is going to yeah. be freaking fun. So, Carl, to be fair to him, when you go and get those stats quickly, because people wonder where we get those from. So when you want to quickly say there's nine Kona qualified pros on the start list here, just tell people where you do that from. A uh, spreadsheet that I made. Do you really? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Good. I get it from Thorsten. I get it you from get it Thorsten. from Thorsten at the, try rating. The goat, I thought, the oh, you had me there. Try rating. You just go to tryrating.org. Um, dot com, sorry, and it's Thorsten Stats. He's a he's a wizard worker. Yeah, he's great, and he's, he's a friend cool. of the podcast. So I, I appreciate well, um, I can't believe you tried to claim credit for that. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, never, never. What are the other What are the other hot takes this week, guys? I got one for you. You guys want to talk about this right here? They. What shoes yeah. are they? Those are Nikes. Uh, with a cover on instead of laces. Yeah, right. so like clearly, clearly he went and brought those somewhere and got them, you know, stitched up and, and got them customized. So that I was mean, Cam Worth had some custom shoes, mate. Cam Worth and Nike made him some custom ones themselves, but I think yeah, he's had those done, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, there's um, like for instance, so so the viewers that aren't watching the YouTube video right now, um, it's a photo of Hayden Wild, and, and clearly he's wearing uh, Alpha Flies, um, but instead of laces, it looks like he's you know he's cut those out. And then there's a there's a mesh. It's like a sewn mesh patch that's been put in. So they're they're elastic. You would assume it's elasticated mesh with a tab on the front of it. Yeah, yeah. And they so they just go on like slippers. You would guess. Yeah, yeah. Like like to be fair, the fly knit vapor flies used to do. You could pretty much run in the old fly knit ones without laces on. So he's kind of just taking them back to that a little bit. I think. Yep. We'll share this. We'll share this this week, and then you guys can you guys can all banter and comment and say. If you like them or don't like them, I like them. I mean, what's not to like? That's just a cool bit of kit. I mean, they won't take their bottle cages off to do a race that don't need bottles, but they'll stitch shoes with vinyl oh. stuff on it. I love it. It's such a focus, isn't it? There's this footwear mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. No, super cool. Um, anything? Not... Any other hot takes? Are we missing just... one? You're you're looking like we're missing something. Uh... Me. Yeah, you're saying if we got more, I feel like we're missing something that you've well, got. We covered, Are you prodding no, us? We, we no, no, no. We covered the guerrilla marketing one. Um, that was my big. That was my big one that I noticed this week. No, I'm just in. Uh, I'm just in sub eight. Come down still. I did. Oh, one big hot take for you is I did a ultra marathon yesterday. Um, I've not. I've literally not run in three weeks. Like not a single oh step, and before that. I think my longest run in the last year is maybe eight or nine K. Um, what I learned was you can't do an ultra marathon on, on arrogance alone. Um, it turns out you do need to run some for it because after 20 K, I, I honestly almost died and uh, probably cheating. But Kat was spectating and she joined me from 21 K to 28 K. And um, towards the end of her time running alongside me, I turned to her and said, I'm pretty much desperate for you to leave now because I was so intolerant of her bouncing along looking happy because as soon as she left, I just started walking. I was done. <laughs> I, I was so done. So anyway, yeah, the hot take, oh. you cannot do an ultramarathon on arrogance alone. That's my that's my take. Are we going to do like a fun race or something in Kona? Should we, well, should we, all, on, race? Should we all do Chelsea's something? Chelsea's done an ultra this year. I've done an ultra this year. There's three more people on this podcast. No, so I think Kyle, when you come visit Boulder, uh, out at the reservoir on Thursday nights, there's a, there's a, I don't know what you call it, it's an aquathon. It's a swim run. Uh, 
it's an it's a half mile swim and then a 5k run and gwen does not think that i can complete the swim and so i i'd like <laughs> yeah, to uh the like to go try not, that. the consequences of not being able to do that are quite high I mean, it's death, isn't it? Well, I mean, right. And I'm, assuming <laughs> that, I'm assuming that it's essentially, you know, I know that the way it is, like, it's going to be, you know, like a, you know, a tri- like a triangle, right? You're going to go out and then at the furthest point, you know, I mean, it's like the only way home is to, to swim home. So um, I really want to watch you do breaststroke. I do want to try that. And then it's like to follow that up with a 5K. I'm kind of like, oh. but um, Kyle. We might so you want to do that. that. You want to do that. Yeah, I'd like to do that when you come. Yeah. Well, I fly in Thursday morning. And then we'll this do first, that Thursday this, night. This week? No, no, no. Oh, in a couple of weeks. Do, okay. Yeah. Should we arrange the travel plans for our for ourselves after we wrap up the show? Yeah. We'll uh, yeah. If you're gonna be at the uh what is the race I'm doing again? Boulder Peak Triathlon, Ju- okay. July 10th. And you wanna meet up? Let's do it. Don't try and race me though, because I'm old and washed up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so perfect. So you'll be 28. I'm 30 now. Oh, for God's sake. Jeez. I'm oh, a man. shell of the triathlon human I used to be. So, All right. Well, look, I'm I'm super bummed that obviously Chelsea's uh, – she had to speak to us via the group chat today for, for the show. Um, and but so it's nice that we could say, you know, congratulations to Beth Potter on her behalf. And uh, <laughs> we could go from there. Unreal. Um, yeah, what a what a day. So, yeah, really, really fun show, guys. Um, um, what are we going to – is next? I mean, what are we gonna do next week? It might be a little light compared to these last couple of weeks we've had. Next week will be pretty light. Let's get a guest on. Let's 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 get a pro okay. guest on. I'll yeah, we, can, come on. we can do that. Perfect. We can get a guest okay. come on next week, and then we'll also talk about seventy point three European champs. Right. Yeah. Let's get. Oh well, let me try and get India Lee on next week, who is racing the seventy point three uh, champs as well. India, will come on. We'll yeah, try perfect. and bag India Lee for next week. And excellent. Yeah. Let's do cool. it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. We just want you to listen to the podcast and then buy an Inside Tracker test. That's all we need from you guys. <laughs> I did get some DMs this week about the Inside Tracker test. Beautiful. So we need more people buying them. More people buying them. So thanks, guys. See ya.